ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, it's Gwendolyn. On this beautiful, beautiful day in Portland, Oregon, summer is a paradise here. The skies are blue. Everything is green. It's green all year round except gray and a gray background. So it's a really glorious day. I'm so happy to be talking to you. This is our weekly radio show. Our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak, the visual workplace. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, how to embed the intelligence of our operational system, your intelligence, my intelligence, our intelligence, into the physical landscape of work through visual devices, through visual solutions, visual mini-systems, creating systems within systems of coherent language and operational precision, of pace, so that our company can make good, increasingly good profit margins, and so we can enjoy ourselves along the way. We can do good work. We can make our contribution. We let the workplace speak, and the workplace becomes our partner, our dynamic, active partner in the work that we do, in our performance. And today, we're going to conclude our five-part our five-part series on sustainment. Today's show is called Sustaining Means Driving. And in today's show, I want to uh, pull together the various threads of our discussion so far into something that's coherent, a whole, so that you can walk away with an understanding that sustainment is something you can do, you should do, you must do, and you'll know where it fits. You'll know if you're doing it, and if you are, you'll, I hope, uh, either be affirmed and confirmed or find new ways, um, additional ways to do it more. But you'll also know if you're not doing it um, so that, you know, you just have that moment of self-reflection saying, oops. Sustainment is not an add-on. It is not a single standalone process. It is a part of the fabrication of learning and changing, implementing transforming. It's part of that. It's part of a long and useful sequence of smart training and implementation principles, decisions, and practices that make holding on to your improvement gains possible. So you want improvement. You want those gains, but you want to hold on to them. And you want to hold on to them in a way that, well, I call it juicy. That's interesting. That's riveting. As interesting and riveting as it was creating them in the first place. So we're going to talk about a sequence with a build and a build that you can build on. I'm going to talk to you about that as a platform. So I want to pull things together today, and we're going to walk through a step-by-step process, eight steps when we get to it. It'll be halfway through before we get to it. So you can see where and how sustainment fits in. Just a few announcements first. I feel a little bit like I'm in a tunnel. I think it might be my new... A headset. I don't feel like I'm uh, quite hearing myself, my own voice. Well, I'll just keep talking and <laughs> eventually <laughs> I will. 
<laughs> so I wanted to let you know that next week I'm going to be interviewing Mark Graben, who is the author, along with Joe Schwartz, of the new Healthcare Kaizen books. Hospitals and the healthcare sector have undertaken tremendous work in improving its operations, its care of patients, behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. So we're going to be talking about that next week. And, you know, we heard from Martin Hinckley last year, the author of Make No Mistake. We talked about healthcare pokey oak, visual guarantees. In April, we heard from Nada Grundon talking about her new book, Lean Hospital Design. So Mark is another key contributor to the field, and I hope you turn tune in. And then I just wanted to let you know that I'm doing a conference under the leadership of Gary Kerr in Melbourne in um, November. It's a good conference, and we'll be doing a um, visual workplace seminar and plant tour. We're going to be at Wilson Transformers, my old friends, uh, for a plant tour and assessment. The week before, we believe it's going to be the week before, in Sydney, in um, alliance with a gentleman named Brian Levitin, who's in charge of Lean Australia, we're going to be doing a master class on implementing workplace visuality. We'll be going through two, a two-day assessment, diagnosis of a nearby factory. We're going to map out a conversion plant, plan, and um, it's this is a class for in-house practitioners and external coaches and consultants. The class size is very limited. Probably it's going to be 20 people, 22 people max, but it is for the practitioners to go deeper and understand visuality deeper. Just want you to know about that. I want to thank you for your emails on our last sustained show on customer-driven. In particular, we heard from Sharon, who is from Massachusetts, a company in Massachusetts, and she has um, set her she's set her audit temporarily aside, and she's going to adopt some of the practices of customer-driven visuality and see if she can bring that what do you need to share into her visual conversion. And she has promised to send pictures. So you send me your picture, I'm yours for life. So thank you very much for keeping in touch. And remember to download your free podcast of this show from iTunes. So now let's go on for today because we need just about every minute. So today we are at part five in our five-part series on sustainment, on sustaining. The dictionary tells us that sustainment means to keep in existence, to maintain, but it also means to supply the necessities, to nourish, to sustain, to provide for, to nourish, also to support from below, to keep something from falling or sinking, to prop it up. It also means to support the spirit, the vitality or the resolution of something, to sustain, to encourage, to affirm the validity of. So, you know, sustain means Many, many things, but all of the, all of it is positive. It's forward moving, it's supportive. We might say that sustaining is creative support. Very purposeful, but imaginative and dynamic. There's a great sense of responsibility and an expectation of results when we sustain. But it is also creative. We take steps to maintain the current level of improvement in the case of our discussion so that we can build the next level on it. That's responsible, but it's also forward-moving. It's progressive, responsible and progressive. 
It really has more to do with thriving than just surviving, with extending than just maintaining. Sustainment is not passive, and it doesn't emphasize solely repeatability or consistency, to do something consistently. It is not, as I, as I said before, the same as compliance. And there's a real mix-up there. In a lot of our heads, we think about sustainment as a way to get people to do what, what they promise to do. But that's compliance. It's not sustainment. Sustainment has this great feeling of cultivation and harvest and a future that is exciting and uh, more. Compliance is about aligning with established specifications or rules. Its emphasis is more on standardized responses to standard implementation, to strict requirements. We often see it in quality. We talked about this in the show quite a bit, in the show, in the show that we did a few weeks ago on checklists. My kind of checklist versus audits. I like mine better. So, Compliance is about getting behavior to align with or accord with predetermined expectations. Frankly, for me, it's about obedience. It's about getting people to obey. It is not, therefore, about empowerment, where people get to decide. They get to decide. That's a big difference. They get to be powerful and to use their powerful, their power in ways that make sense to them. Hopefully, that's aligned with the corporate intent, but that is a different discussion. So, as we've discussed mm, uh, several times, one of the most common ways that a company nowadays will seek to create sustainment is through an audit, which is the quintessential compliance tool. It is the essence of compliance and audit. In 5S, very, very popular to see we're going to audit you to see if everything is put away, everything, all the tools have been returned to their designated location. We audit you. We give you a score. One, two, three, four, five. Is the cardboard stored at right angles when stacked? Is it crooked or not crooked? Is there a danger of star- stored cardboard toppling? These are very important safety considerations, but it is not what we mean by sustainment. You are maintaining a certain level by making sure that people comply. That's what happens with an audit. So we're trying to find out if others have followed the rules, if others have obeyed. There's no power in that. There's no self-reflection, no self-awareness, no self-leadership. There's no forging ahead, no adaptive intelligence. All things that are part of the new workplace and must be. What there is instead is your thumb on my head. <laughs> Your need for me to prove that I have obeyed your rules and to prove that I respect you and the company. But are you expressing your respect for me when you audit me? Well, I think that would be a stretch by any measure to imagine that this is respect for me. You may be cautious about me and making making sure I'm safe. That's okay. But you're not really helping me grow. Grow in my contribution to the company. I don't mean grow as a personality, although that's often a side effect. This isn't therapy. This is we're in the business 
to make money, to do good, to serve the community, to create stability in the economy and to grow the economy. But in fact, far too many companies and I don't think it's absolutely don't think it's their fault. I don't think that they've been given alternatives. I'm hoping that's what this show will represent to some of you. You demonstrate your respect for the company by following the rules. You see, we confuse the importance of following standard work and standardized procedures when we do our value adding work. We bring that set of conditions to the process of improvement and that's where we hit the disconnect. Improvement is a different process. It's one where it's really important for you to, in a way, think non-standardly so you can have innovation, imagination, and breakthrough. Okay? So when an audit is complete, we kind of get rid of it, we get it out of the way, and we get back to life. Pulsating, dynamic, supportive life. Life as we know it. Okay? Life that engages. Companies are sensing the disconnect and they, they, mm, all right, so I think I hit that one strongly enough. An audit is about a, a compliance. When we change the audit, all we're doing is moving the furniture around. We're not changing the architecture of the room or the building or as I've heard people say, we're moving the deck chairs around on the Titanic. It's not that your company is sinking. It's just that that's not really the point here. So compliance is critically important to life and profit. No argument there, but we misplace its importance if we seek to build improvement, innovation, involvement, engagement through compliance mechanisms. We have to find other ways. But compliance is not the enemy. It's just the wrong use of the right tool or we shouldn't be there. So we're going to slide into a break now, and when we come back, we're going to be um, moving into the value set of sustainment, and then I'll start going through uh, the process. It'll take the whole show, but I want to kind of build this into a single piece of cloth so you get how to use sustainment as a tool and a practice that deepens all of our contributions to improvement in the company. I'll talk to you in a minute. I'll be here when you get back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. We are doing Sustaining Means Drive. I'm making the preface. I'm building the landscape so that we can then talk about the driving part. Uh, I hope you don't find me long-winded. <laughs> I know some of you want me to get to the so-called point sooner, but in my view, this is the point. The point is to understand, and where we're at right now is compliance is not the enemy. It is important to understand that it is a core and needed approach to bring precision to performance, to value at work where there is no room for interpretation or personal um, personal preferences, where there needs to be predictability, reliability, consistency, stability. This is in the functions of quality, safety, material handling, the dispensing of medication, and on and on. We must be fa- safe. That is what compliance is for. Safe, correct, precise, complete, accurate. But it is not to support sustainment in improvement. It sustains performance, compliance does, audits do, but in terms of improvement, which is such an individually anchored event, we want to cultivate improvement. We want to stimulate it. We want to ignite it. Hmm? So we may be tempted to use the word discipline when we're talking about compliance, and I agree, that's a good use of the traditional word discipline, which is to do what you're supposed to do. I used to be a lot teacher, you know, many, 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 many lifetimes ago. And discipline is an incipient verb, and it means to uh, do as you are supposed to. But when we talk about improvement, we use a different definition, and we use the definition of my great friend Albert Einstein. If I had a boyfriend, it wouldn't be Albert Einstein because I can't stand what he does with his hair. (laughs) But he'd be a buddy. He'd be somebody I would go to Starbucks with any day of the week. And his definition of discipline is this. He talked about this about seven or eight months ago. Discipline, he says, is remembering what you love. Hey, Al, what is discipline? What do you think it is? You, the scientists of all scientists. He said, I know what that is. Discipline is remembering what you love. 
And that is the nature of our discussion over these five shows on the topic of sustainment. How do we give structure? How do we give memory to what we're supposed to do and still infuse it with love? In bed of flow, creativity, connectivity, synergy. How do we get this to work dynamically? This nexus of associated energies that we call a sustained improvement effort. Because that's what synergy is. It's the process of um, combining things, elements, so that the sum is greater than the individual parts. We get this um, um, uh, um, maximizing or multiplying effect. Well, this doesn't happen by accident. It happens by intention and by design. And you must ask yourself, if the audits aren't working, why not? And what can I do instead? And some of you have discovered those ways. And please, let me interview you on the show. Call me, tell me about it. And if it's a, it's a coherent system that I think others can benefit from, let me interview you. Let's talk about this. I want this to be not just democratic, but extremely useful show. Well, I've thought about this a lot. And I've, I've asked myself why so many companies have glommed on to audits. And I just think it's because they haven't been given another choice. Mm. That they just don't have the time because they're so busy making, remaking, whatever they're doing, that they can't think this through there. They have to be presented with an alternative. So I want to talk to you about sustaining as driving. In order, and that's the title of today's show. Sustaining means driving. And I'd like to present to you a bunch of ways you can operationalize sustainment, your need for sustainment and your commitment to sustainment. I want you to think of your, to, to use your tools in a, by design. I want you to, by design, ignite the creativity that sustainment must have at its center. I want you to, by design, require further improvement and create a framework where that wants to happen. I want it to be active, by intention, by design. I want you to create a vector force around your sustaining activities, thrust and direction, driving, thrust and direction, a destination, a road, a road map and fuel, driving, active. Three things we know. A company that does not learn how to sustain its improvements will lose them. A company that thinks audits create sustainment has confused compliance with Sustainment, engagement, and will fail. And three, sustainment requires a balance of people, imagination, and structure and tools. A balance. And the fourth piece, which I'm talking about right now, to tie a ribbon on everything, is sustaining means driving. To drive, you need a destination, a clear focus. You need a roadway. You need a map. And you need plenty of gas. The destination is a spirited and engaged workforce, a thinking workforce. An empowered workforce. Again, Ono said, people don't come to Toyota to work, they come to think. This is what they come to do. They enjoy it. 
If you're new to my show, The Visual Workplace, you may think that I'm referring to value-add associates, operators, or line employees when I say the workforce, but I'm not. I'm including everyone on that bus on its way to that destination. The CEO, all supervisors, managers, support staff, sales, marketing, planners, operators and hospital nurses and doctors and administrators and IT technicians, everyone. The destination is the horizon and everyone is on the bus. The roadway is your structure, the framework for thinking. The gas, the gas is your methods and your principles and the feelings that they trigger. So we've already talked about a series of tools. Just want to touch on them, six of them. Visual Workplace Code of Conduct, where we spell out the values and behaviors that we believe are needed to create an environment favorable to achieving and sustaining a visual workplace. The Visual Workplace Corner, where we have supplies so people can easily access what they need and make their visual solutions. The Visual Workplace Checklist, a set of tasks identified by area associates, and they self-administer the checklist and score themselves. This is my alternative to audit. It's still very, very structured, administered by people working in that area or maybe in a nearby area. You trade places. Area associates charge on a rotating once-a-week basis. How are we doing? What do we want to focus on? What principles are in place? Where do we want to get stronger? The components of visuality. So that's four. Five, the management champion and the management watch. The watch cards that we talked about two weeks ago. And then we talked about customer-driven visual visuality, which is to listen to the questions that other people have in order to get deeper visuality in place. Okay, so those are the tools that we've been talking about. Now I want to kind of map them all together in a plan. I'll be adding other elements, and there are going to be eight steps. This will take us through the rest of the show. And you can, I'm, this is pretty much lockstep. But I want you to get an idea of where sustainment comes in and when you start thinking about it. So let me map out the steps that puts a sustainment structure or practice into action. Here's the first step of an improvement initiative. And, you know, we're going to focus on visuality, but it could be a lean conversion. It could be Six Sigma, using that as the organizing methodology. So someone steps forward, number one, and fills the key role called the champion, the visual workplace champion. That's step one. Someone Usually the ranking side executive takes responsibility, takes a leadership position and says, we will do this. Could be the CEO, depending on your corporate structure. But it's ranking side executive, someone with positional power and who has access to funds, who can supply the funds. That needs to be in place. She or he requires that improvement becomes a way of life in the company and because that's a size of investment of money and more importantly time that person says from the beginning when we do this we are going to make a big investment and we're going to make sure that that investment has a long life because part of the rollout plan will be the sustainment process 
This person, the management champion, we're at number one of an eight-step process. This person owns the horizon, and he or she knows it. This is the start of the construction of something else that I was describing to you earlier this year, about January, which is your accountability team, which I... So leg one, leg one of that stool is the champion. The seat of the stool is the change, is the company itself. And that champion says, this will be done, and I will resource it, and I will watch it, and sustainment needs to be part of the plan. And then that person designates an improvement director or manager. I call it the visual workplace coordinator. Designates a valued member of his or her team, senior team, to take on that function. Now, I'm getting to sustainment, but I want to let you know that that person will be tasked to create a a plan and the champion will look for the sustainment mechanism in the plan and that champion who will be our hero will not be lulled into a sense of safety or comfort or satisfaction if he sees audit he will instead she will instead say oh no you don't no 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 audits don't work for sustainment they work for compliance let's do better on that aspect So the coordinator has some work to do. For starters, that person has to get educated, versed in the options and the models. We'll pick this up when we come back from the break. We are mapping out where sustainment fits in and how to pull these pieces together so that you have a coherent and comprehensive chance to be great. Right? You're going to do it. I'll I'll see you in a minute. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. G? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. G airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're 
listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. We're in the uh, third part of our Sustaining mean dri- Means Driving show. We are wrapping up into, an, I hope, a very nice package, this whole idea of sustainment, where it fits in and why and how to do it. And I want to say, by the way, if you want to call in, please do not feel that you're going to interrupt me. If, you, if we take a lot of time in answering your question, and I hope we do, I hope we do a good job, we'll just pick this up the next time. Right after the Mark Rabin show, we'll just pick this up and we'll continue. Uh, you know, there's just me and you, and we can do this the way we want. I want this to serve you, and I'm always very interested in your questions. So what we were saying is we're setting up, we've got the champion who's in charge of the resources, designates a coordinator, someone who is the functional manager, the project manager, if you want to say, but the functional manager of the improvement process in that in that uh, site, at that site, in that corporation. And that person starts by getting educated. In all humility, he's, he, she says, you know what? I don't know how to do this thing. I better find out. And I know that you're a champion. In some cases, they say, want to convert the plant in the next six months and you need to get started in the morning. And you just have to hold the line and say, boss, I know you need me. And I need you, but I need time right now to learn. And then you read some good books and you understand how this thing happens. If you do have time, you go to a seminar, you go visit other plants, and you get a rich understanding. And you take everything, including what I'm saying, with a grain of salt and say, does that relate to me? Does that feel right? Is that in alignment? Are those good values? Is that a practice? I can adapt. Can I, uh, I can adopt rather. Can I adapt it? Blah, blah, blah. So the person, the coordinator, step number two is for, is a designated coordinator, and that person gets educated and creates a plan, a plan that is tied to the resources that are needed to support that plan. If there aren't any resources, then it's got to be a modest plan. And that person identifies a peer group to assist him or her, designated helpers, supporters, people who, so, uh, two or three, People who possess a shared sense of purpose, the shared values. I call them the lead team, but you call it what you will. And they help the coordinator. And these people know what's right with the enterprise, and they want to preserve that, and they know what's broken, what's weird, and they want to make it right or righter. They are of a mind. They move as one. And they help the coordinator. They help the, com- the coordinator execute the plan the structure of change, the plan. So that's two. Three is the selected improvement methodology. Solo or together, they select the improvement methodology, the framework of thinking and doing, the set of principles and actions that create systems of improvement, of improvement that can be sustained and extended and grown within and across the enterprise. The known path that has a designed beginning, a designed middle, a designed conclusion, and designed sustainment. It is comprehensive. It can be Six Sigma, Lean Conversion, which would be standard work, tactile pull, 
or in our case, workplace visuality, the visual workplace of visual conversion. Hmm? It's not just the idea. It's a methodology, step-by-step procedure. And it's not, it's not just an idea like let's get visual and let's interview people around their need to know and need to share and we'll pull our visual devices out of that. That's only a concept. That's only a toe in the water. Okay, so you need a plan. You really do. So that's number three. It's an improvement methodology. And with visuality, that's what I've been doing for the last 30 years. Step by step, systematic. Mm, very good. The four, so that's number three. Number four is you designate your trainers. They become part of the three-legged stool. You have trainers who are going to train the principles and practices, the concepts and models, the tools of the methodology you've chosen. We're getting closer to a sustainment. We're getting closer. Sustainment is part of the plan, but there's nothing to sustain yet. Because there hasn't been any learning yet, and there hasn't been any change as a result of that learning. So number four is you designate your trainers, and you get them trained. I don't mean deeply trained. I mean the kind of training that you have when you're not on the front line. A little while, we're going to send them on the front line. We're going to launch. But before we do, number five is you decide where to begin. And the tool of choice here is the laminated map, which I've talk to you about repeatedly, its first use is to say yes to the few and wait to the many. We talked about this in January across two or three shows when we were talking about the success infrastructure. And you use that map to decide. And you move forward. Forward movement and resources based on design. On a specific criteria, you pick those places. Where are we going to begin? so that the trainer can learn how to implement the, this methodology in this plant. That's number five. You decide where to begin. And where you decide, those are the people who are going to be trained. Right now, let's talk about operator-led visuality. You're going to train them in operator-led visuality, work that makes sense. Number six, you're going to get ready for launch. You're not ready to launch yet. And these, many, these activities are running in close parallel or they're overlapping. Before you train anyone, certain things need to be in place. In visuality, you need to organize supplies and bulletin boards and decide about borders and decide about uh, the role of maintenance and the role of supervisors, what they will do and not do during the training and during the conversion. We have a checklist of 22 items. Send me an email, just one, and we'll do a whole show on that. I think I'll do it anyway so you know what these items are. How you prep for a launch. How deeply you have not that deeply, but you have to be fairly careful. And that's number six. You prep for the launch, and number seven is your launch. There's only going to be eight steps. Now we've launched. It's taken us to step seven to launch the first training cycle. And training is always, at least in my approach and in many approaches, connected to action, to implementation. And in visuality, we train in a stepping stone fashion. We train concepts and tools, and then they get put into place. And when they're put into place enough, enough, we move on to the next stepping stone. And we train that. We train principles. We see them apply before we move to the next set of principles. And I want to make a distinction here between training and applying and 
applying and embedding. We train, we want to see it applied. But the embedding doesn't really happen right away. Embedding principles and embedding practices is almost always the work of the sustainment phase, which is going to come next. We plant seeds during the training process. We get things started. But depth and eventually mastery comes in the sustainment phase. And we are only a moment away from that. And that's another reason, if you would not throw something at me, I will once again say audits don't work for you. They are not aligned with your purpose because they don't deepen. They simply test compliance. I mean, some of you are lucky, honestly, you use audits in a way that I think is just so um, impressive. But you, because your value set is carefully honed, you know where the audit is missing and you put flourishes on it to make it work. And usually you have a very, very solid work culture. But the rest of you do not blame yourself because audits are not bringing you to closer to a greater horizon, closer to an imagined outcome. Don't blame yourself. Shift. Just shift. So we're using the initial phases to create what I call the first cut, the first cut of visuality. And we're going to use sustainment as part of our implementation plan to deepen, to cultivate, to grow, to master these, to create new competency, to create a new competency. As much as a, it's it's more than a skill, it's a, the ability to use a skill in a masterful way. It's a competency. So, for example, in operator-led visuality, when we teach smart placement, which is the logic of where things go before we nail them in place with a border address and, if possible, an ID label, we train people in 14 principles, and they apply them. Use the existing architecture, no doors, no drawers, put it on wheels, store things, not air, or it's flip side, squeeze out the air, design to task. And people apply them first cut. They get it going. And this is where you'll get three or four people and a group of 20 really taking the lead on this and loving it and putting these things in place while the others either watch or they get grouchy. And we get, we, 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 we begin to promote this idea of change by focusing on the rowers. And we get a first cut of smart placement in place so that we can comfortably and, um, knowledgeably put down our borders, put down the visual wear. But we know, we know right now that we're going to be able to take that further in the sustainment phase because sustainment is part of the plan. And sustainment means supporting and extending these principles and practices that you have taught and that are beginning to see. Do you see? We want sustainment to be the vehicle, the bridge to take us deeper, fuller, wider. We want the new thinking to become a new competency. We want to cultivate that thinking. They will be demonstrated in outcomes that are seated in the training process and the action process through blitzes or whatever. But it's like learning a new language. 
kids go to school to learn their native language. I'm English. I went to school for 12 years to learn English. <laughs> I could speak it when I got to kindergarten. I learned it from my tribe, from my family. But when I got to school, I learned more. I learned about words and terms and sentences and grammar and syntax and vocabulary, paragraphs. I did. I wrote paragraphs and I wrote papers and book reports and I gained skill and I refined my skill. And then suddenly, not me, but my brother started writing poetry and I started writing these books on the visual workplace, but I could handle the language. I got good at it. That's the way it is when people begin these improvement processes. You want them to make their essay, their their first cut, and then keep going, and then you're going to support them. And I'm going to tell you exactly things to do when we come back. We've got a good 10, 15 minutes left after this break, and I will give you chunka, 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 map you through the first six months of the first year. Okay, see you in a, see you in a moment. Awesome. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. You're at the workplace. We're in the fourth segment of our uh, fifth in a series of five shows on sustain and sustainment. And we just spoke about learning about how to sustain, how to deepen and grow and extend the initial improvements you get when you first train and you people first apply. 
the way we learn about language. We go to school. We've got some basic language in place. We learn some more. We build on that. We build on it some more. We get to be more competent. We use it in new ways. We are supported in the use of, in the learning of our new language by those around us, by our teachers, and by the curriculum and the materials. And in fact, we find that the more that we use language, the more we can communicate, we can write, we can express, and we like it. We engage our will and get more involved. And soon language, written and spoken, becomes so deeply a part of our daily life, our work life, our family life, our inner life, that it becomes our life. There's no boundary, no difference. It becomes a part of us. That's the way it is in visuality. I'm not going to ask you to trust me on that. I'm going to ask you to do it. In visuality, this is what we want and expect from our sustainment efforts, a deepening and a widening. And as we get good at sustainment, as we do first cut, second cut, third cut, fourth cut, visuality, visuality becomes the connecting tissue of the enterprise, the language of excellence within and across the corporation, up and down the supply chain, in collaboration with our customers and our clients. It is the thought fabric. If you want to use Sheldrake's, uh, uh, Rupert Sheldrake's language, it becomes the morphogenic field. It is the consciousness of the enterprise. So on step seven, we start training this. We stumble at first. We're going to do a whole show for the new trainer so that you give yourself a break and know that that first training cycle is for you to learn how to train. Don't expect great results. Expect that you learn. So that's number seven. Number eight is we're now going to focus on sustainment. We have done our training. We have a basic kind of level of visuality through maybe 80% of the plant. And now we want to go deeper. We want to go back and do more. Just because the training is over doesn't mean that the visual language is complete. And so our sustainment will deepen the application of the principles and the practices, and it will do so by design because it's part of our plan. And for example, we could at the beginning of the, at the end of the year plan for the next year and designate 12 monthly focuses of what we're going to focus on. Or we could do four a year. But we're going to focus and maybe we'll break things down into month by month. And maybe we'll do it plant-wide. And it'll sound something like this. January. We are going to focus on the smart placement principle, store things, not air. The CEO is talking about acquiring a new lot for a site expansion. Let's test out that need. Let's start the year with a call to all departments to implement the principle, store things, not air. And let's see what kind of floor space we can liberate. And we'll do its flip side as well, squeeze the air out. So for the month of January, we will focus on that. All departments have already gone through the training, 20 hours or so. They're all implemented to an okay level. They've converted their areas. Maybe they're even at green. Robust visuality is in good shape. We've, we've, done, we've done pretty good. They know the language. They know how to create new words, new devices. They recognize motion as the enemy in its thousands forms. They are already visual thinkers. Now that we're going to capitalize on that competency and ask them to go deeper, utilize their splendid knowledge and know-how savvy and direct it towards the corporate intent. Let's squeeze the air out. Let's liberate floor space. That is exactly what the visual 
uh, improvement, the visual workplace improvement coordinator did in a low stock, high complexity company in Canada. The production teams and individuals liberated 30% of floor space just by applying that principle and 43% of the vertical storage space because they squeezed the air out or they stored things not air. They reorganized on that principle. And in parallel, the visual workplace macro team, what I call doorway nine, took on the larger space, the connectivity. They reduced another 7%. They liberated another 70% of the space. And the site executive on review said, you know what? Let me put this on hold. This is only January. Let me wait. In February, let's go to a chemical plant for February, KPIs in December showed that people were making a lot of mistakes in the putting and picking process, lots of mix-ups, some of them really costly. One load had to be dumped at the cost of $12,000 down the drain because somebody chose the wrong compound. It was the right, it was the right compound, but the wrong, the wrong one of the compounds. And as a result, we lost. So in February, we're going to focus on deep addresses, driver license level addresses. Name, address, color of your eyes, and what I want you to do with my vital organs if I should get into a fatal accident. Driver license level address. And we're going to put that into place. We already know how to do it, but this time we're going, that's our call to action. We are going to go deeper. Perhaps within a specific set of departments or perhaps across the plant. You decide. March, you know what March is going to be about? March, we're going to focus on arrows. All shelves shall have arrows. That is our new standard. We're not telling you what the arrows need to look like, but they will have arrows. All shelves and shelving. They don't have to look identical, but we will have standard functionality. And yes, you can create an audit on that to make sure that it's done. One that focuses on that specific outcome. That's fine. We're doing that's That's what March is about. And yes, take photographs and write it up in the newsletter and give out a golden arrow award in silver and bronze as well. How exciting. Hmm? Who doesn't love to have a party? Let's have a party. Okay, it's synergistic. So you have these things working together. And in April, April is upstream supplier month. In our visuality campaign, you know about customer-driven visuality. Well, we're going to focus directly on the department upstream from you. And yes, there may be several. And we're going to listen to their questions. We're going to look at their motion related to our department. And we're going to create visual devices. Can you see how we're sustaining? And we're going to bring supervisors into the sustainment process. And you guys have to listen to the questions you're asked and create no less than four visual devices this month to answer those questions. And you know what we're going to do in June? We are going, I know we skipped May. In June, we're going to have a tour month where everybody in every department is going to go visit five other departments and see what they've been doing and get their passport punched the way you do at these conferences when you go from booth to booth. So we can see what's going on and we can create We can create connectivity. And you know what we're going to do in July in our sustainment plan? It's the harvest month. You're going to create visual devices based on what you see. And you know what? The supplies are right there handy. And in August, August, we're going to take the month off because we want to avoid improvement fatigue, and that's part of our plan as well. So catch up or rest up. Appreciate what you've done. 
what others have done. Do you see? This is a sustainment plan. I really want you to see yourself as capable of developing exciting, viable other alternatives to audits and compliant mechanisms. That's what I'm asking you to do. Many, many of you are well on your way to improvement. Don't feel stuck. If you have a boss who gets squirmy about the idea of giving up his audits, just ask for a papal dispensation and say, I just want permission to take a small detour, boss. I'll report back to you. And you got to let me test this out for myself. There is no life after audits. There's no sustainment possible with them in place as your mechanism. So I want you to try this out. I want you to see sustainment as juicy and alive, productive, and catching, that it's going to be cultivated, not imposed. And while you'll standardize things the way that I've described, you will still have great enjoyment and satisfaction along the way. Let me know how it goes. Send photos. Send me photos. I'm yours for life. This is Gwendolyn. And I'm signing off. I really want to say this is the Starship Enterprise and take us to hyperspace, Scotty. So we're, (laughs) I'm signing off and let me know how it goes. These are very implementable ideas. I've really enjoyed sharing them with you. Thank you. Talk to you again. Bye. appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galesworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.